Hi, my name is Yon Salami, and I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I pray the Lord will speak to you and grant you insights into His Word as you listen. Enjoy the message. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Um, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your awesome presence. We thank God for how you started with us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It was really tight, but God, God had this way. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, I, I didn't realize I was going to be here. What had happened was, after the last retreat, because me, I don't take things for granted. I don't assume that because I was at the last one, I have to, I'm not, I mean, I'm not the grandfather of retreat, so it's, it's not my property. So I didn't assume that I was going to be here. Okay, on Saturday, somebody was still asking me if I'm preaching here, and I said no. I said it with all sincerity as if, you know, because I didn't think I was going to be here. So on, on Saturday when I got the message uh, and I saw my name, I was really, really surprised. And I don't take things like this lightly. When you, whenever I have the opportunity to do this, I do it as if it's the last time I'm going to do it. That's the way I do it. Uh, because it could, this could be the last time you hear me preach. I can walk out there and a chariot of fire comes and carries me. Okay? So, but today I'm not going to be preaching. Uh, I'm going to try to teach because... Uh, Preaching is, is quite different because preaching is good. You know, that's when you see me jumping around, I'm shouting, I'm trying to get everybody. That's preaching. And preaching is good. Preaching inspires. It motivates, you know. But what really establishes you is teaching. That's what establishes you. Sometimes I can preach, but when I teach, there's more, you know, I, I feel more fulfilled, you know, when, after, after I finish teaching the Bible and expressing some things. Now, some of the things I'm going to say, I'm doing all this disclaimer because some of the things I'm going to say today, are uh, quite strong. You know, some, some you've heard before, some you've never heard before. Uh, you may not be used to it, but is, it will help you. And I believe it is time that uh, Christians begin to look in this direction and not shy away from things. You know, when you, when, you want to get in, when you want to get treasure, pearls, right, from the sea, you don't stay on the seashore. You have to dive into the ocean to get treasure, to get pearls. You have to dive into the ocean. You can't stay at the seashore, and the treasure will not float out and come and meet you where you are, okay? And by diving into the ocean, you are risking your life. You are risking your life because you can, you can die. And that's what, that's what happens when people are afraid to get into these things because they, they are afraid of getting into error. So they don't want to go near certain things because I don't want to get into all this. My King James is okay. Let's just stay with King James, you know? Let's stay there. You know? So, But today is going to be a bit different. And I'm, I'm doing this by liberty of the Spirit of God because I believe the people that are here are the mature people. They are not uh, children, okay? When I'm done with the message, if I listen to it again and I feel it's too strong, we will not put it on the, on the podcast or anything. to just be those who are here. <laughs> but if I still feel comfortable after, after I'm done, then we can put it up, okay? So, having said all this disclaimer, <laughs> let's bow our heads and say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we approach your word this morning like people who have found a great treasure. Our hearts are glad. We rejoice at your word. We ask that you give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in him and who he is in us. I ask, O oh God, that your word will come unhindered and unchecked by any outside force, that you anoint me and these lips of clay, and that at the end your people will be edified and your name alone will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. All right then, let's start out here uh, in Luke chapter 3, which is our anchor scripture for this particular meeting. Luke chapter 3 and verse 21 and 22. I'll just read that before I get into some of the other things that I, I believe that God will have me share with you this morning. Please, I, I beg you in the name of God to connect your faith. Don't disconnect your faith at all. Um, and don't, don't tie your faith to any one individual in this meeting. 
because it's about God and he's the one who wants to do what he wants to do. So don't don't let your don't be like those people that are, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. We, we don't do that, okay? We 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 keep our faith on the person of Jesus Christ. And and God will really, really bless you. I believe this is going to be very good. I, I have that feeling strongly. Um, and you know, the Bible says uh, some people don't endure sound doctrine. When you hear that, it doesn't mean that uh, sound doctrine is boring. So you have to endure. That's not what he's saying. He's just talking about endurance as in endure to the end. Hold on to sound doctrine. So this sound doctrine will not be boring in Jesus' name. Okay? I don't set out to preach and be boring or to teach. So if you sleep, it's your fault. It's not mine. I'm just saying that. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Now, the Bible says, uh, let me read it from the New King James Version. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Now, a few things jump out to me straight away from, from this scripture. That the Holy Spirit is not a dove. It's not a dove, okay? I know you have, you have spent a lot of your Christian life, you know, seeing pictures of Holy Spirit. And anytime Holy Spirit picture, it is, it is a bird that is there. And it's a dove that, that, that it shows. But it's not a dove. It's a person. And I want to try to introduce him to you in a different way today. He's, he's, not, he's not a bird, okay? He's a person. Now, if you look at that scripture, it says, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form. That's what it says. It says the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form, right? Like a dove, which means that he came down in bodily form. Bodily form is human form. So he came down in bodily form like a dove, the way a dove would descend. That's what he was describing. So if I say... I ran outside this room like a cheetah. Does that mean I'm a cheetah? It simply means I ran the way a cheetah would run. That's exactly what he's talking about, okay? So the Holy Spirit came in bodily form in that he came like Jesus Christ. He came like a person on Jesus. But the, the style with which he came down is what he's describing here. That he came down the way a dove would, would, would come down, okay? So um, it doesn't mean you have to go and remove the dove from everything. That, but I'm just saying <laughs> that it's good that you know, okay? So that you don't spend all your Christian life, you know, representing the Holy Spirit with a dove. So if you look at, for instance, the, the, the logo that, the, the design that we use for this meeting, the open heavens thing, you saw a human being standing there, right? There was no bird. But I'm sure in your mind, it didn't occur to you that that could be the Holy Spirit, you know, these things have a way of playing with our minds that we have accepted it so much, we have seen it so many times, and we, we now come to this place where we think the Holy Spirit is a bird. So if I don't see a bird inside that thing, I don't, I don't think you are talking about the Holy Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't think you are talking about the Holy Spirit because it's not a, but it's a human being. It's a person. Not a human being in the sense of you and I, but it is a person. He's a person, and he has, he has ears, he has eyes, he's just like Jesus, okay? And I'll get into that later on, but I just want to set that premise because a lot of things I'm going to be saying are based on you having that understanding and accepting that understanding, okay? Now, when Jesus was on the earth, or let me stay with this Luke chapter 3 a little bit. When the heavens opened, the Bible says the heavens opened, the first thing we saw that happened when the heavens opened was that the Holy Spirit descended. So whenever there is open heavens, the first thing that happens is that the Holy Spirit comes down. That's the first thing. Because God cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. I'll say that again. The Almighty God cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, the Bible says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the waters. Then he said, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's what he says. And then God said, let there be light. So let there be light did not come before the Spirit of God had had the opportunity to brood over everything. So before God could speak, the Holy Spirit had to go out 
to survey the land. Are you with me? So it does nothing without the Holy Spirit. So when you are praying and you say, God, arise, let your enemies be scattered. Now that's a good, it's okay to pray that. But I just want you to have an understanding inside your heart that God is not getting up from his throne. So when you say arise, let, the, let your enemies scatter, don't think of God standing up from his throne and doing like anybody scattering. He ain't getting up from no chair. Do you understand that? The Holy Ghost is the one who is on the earth who is doing the work. Are you with me, guys? It is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was upon the face of the earth, he did so many massive things. He did many, many miracles. The Bible tells us the stories of how he went and healed Peter's mother-in-law. You know, uh, he, he, the centurion, you know, the servant came and said, you know, my servant is sick. He said, your faith has, has, you know, according to your faith. And the guy went back. He said, what was the time the guy got healed? The exact same time. You know, he did all of these massive things. He was in the boat there. He was sleeping. There was a storm. They came and woke him up. Said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He came out, said, peace be still. Everything calmed down. You know, there was the boy they were going to go and bury. He touched the coffin. He didn't even touch the boy. And you know, massive things that Jesus was doing while he was on the earth. Now, he did all these great things. And the disciples were with him. They saw him do all these things. You know, every day their faith was getting stronger. They were looking at this guy and saying, but this is the Messiah. This guy is the one that is supposed to come. With all these things he's doing. I mean, you're at a wedding. They say there's no, there's no wine. You say go and put water in the pot and they carry it and it turns to wine. I mean, this is God. This guy is the guy. This is the guy we have been waiting for. Do you understand? So they've, they've seen all these things. Now, one day, Jesus now comes to those same disciples and says to them, guys, it is better for you that I go. Stay with me, guys. John chapter 16. Let me show you in the Bible. Verse 7 of John chapter 16. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Look up with me for a minute. Put yourself in the position of one of these guys, you know. Who, you have experienced all these things that I've described. You know. In fact, let's, let's just imagine that you are on that boat. You are, the, you are, you are on that boat, right? You, all of you, are, the boat was about to capsize. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of you are about to drown. And you went to Jesus and you said, you know, Master cares, no doubt that we perish. And he comes out and he, he does that and everything is calm. You know what the disciples said after that, right? That what manner of man is this? That the waves and the seas obey him. Now, that same guy now comes to you and says to you that it is better for you that I go. It is better for you that I go. Now, let, let me just say this here. This might sound funny, but let me just say it. I'll, I'll say it. But you see, there was a time, because I, I think I said this at Love Code too, so it's okay to say it. There was a time in my life where everybody knew I had a relationship, but I was in Nigeria. Because they couldn't see the person physically. They, they were still trying their luck, okay? So, and you meet people, you like them, you know, some, some people you like mutual like. You know, some people, it's only the person that is liking you. But this particular one, I actually liked the person too. So it was really hard. But one day, because I, somehow I was still thinking straight, you know, and that I think was grace because some, some of those experiences were not easy to think straight. But this one I was still thinking straight. So I called her one day and I said, you know, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. When they called Jesus and said Lazarus is sick, you know what Jesus said to them? He said, this sickness is not unto death. So I told her, I said, you see this relationship that we are in, me and you, is not unto marriage. She said, you are crazy. <laughs> of course, you know that's the response. I said, this relationship is not unto marriage. So don't, don't get the idea that this relationship is unto marriage. It is not unto marriage. Me, I'm trying to find the purpose of this relationship because I know that there is a purpose here. It's not every human being that you meet that looks like your husband, that is your husband. Do you understand? 
it's not every human being that walks through the door that you start gauging immediately. Can this be the one? Or should we find another? I mean, you have to give room, right, to let, let the purpose, the real purpose that God has for you and that person. So I said to her, I said, I perceive in my heart that I'm the guy you are supposed to meet before you meet the guy you are supposed to marry. That's exactly how I felt. That I'm not your husband, though, don't, so don't just know that I'm not your husband. But I like you, but I'm not your husband. But I think I'm the person you are supposed to. She said, you are mad. You are, you are mad. But at the end of the day, that's exactly how it turned out. Okay? So sometimes you need to find the purpose for certain things. And here was Jesus saying to the disciples, almost like saying it like this, that I'm not the real guy. I only came so that the main guy can come. Are you with me, guys? That's what he was saying to them. That, you see, when you say to somebody, it is better for me, that it's almost like saying, it's not, you know that relationship breakup line, it's not you, it's me. What the, that thing we say? It's not me, it's you. That's the worst breakup line ever. Don't ever use on anybody. Okay? It's just like saying that. Like, you know, it's better for you that I go away. The Amplified says, it is to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage. So Jesus was saying to them that I'm going away. You have seen me do all these things. But let me tell you the truth. It's better if I don't go away. This guy, who is the real guy, I don't want to say it that Jesus was a means to an end, but that's almost the way it sounds. Do you understand? It's almost like God was using Jesus as the entry point to the main joker that he was bringing. Who is the Holy Ghost? That's where we are going. That the Holy Ghost was the real guy. Jesus only came because if Jesus didn't come, the Holy Ghost would not be able to reside in every single one of us. That would not have happened. So God brought Jesus so that he could pay that price, redeem man to himself, and then now the Holy Spirit will have the liberty to come into every single person. In other words... What Jesus was saying is, you've seen me do all these massive things, but let me tell you the truth. I'm not really the one who is doing these things. I'm not the one. You see, when we think of Jesus, we think of Jesus Christ as God. You know, he came to the earth as God, right? Jesus did not come to the earth as God. He came as Jesus. The Christ, at the end of his name, is not his son name. Okay? Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. Without the Holy Ghost, there would not have been Christ at the end of Jesus' name. There are people who answer the name Jesus today. Have you heard anybody answering the name Christ? You can't, because Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. It's the Holy Ghost in Jesus that made him Jesus the Christ. So he was simply saying to them that, you see all these things that you see me do? It's not me who is really doing this thing. When you see me walking on water, I'm not the one walking on water, because before the Holy Spirit came in Luke chapter 3, when the Spirit descended on him, we didn't see him walking on water, did we? He couldn't do it. He didn't have the capacity to do it. Because he left his glory in the heavens and came as Jesus. So he didn't have that capacity. He couldn't have walked on water. He couldn't have raised the dead. He couldn't have done any of those massive things without the Holy Spirit. Jesus was a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Now let me now say it like this. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. What is he trying to describe? He's saying that the exact same way Jesus was an ordinary man, until the Holy Ghost entered him. That's how you are on the earth now. You're not different from Jesus. The end game of God is to multiply Jesus upon the face of the earth. Stay with me, guys. Stay with me. Stay with me. Don't let me lose you anywhere, okay? The end game is that every single one of us in all our different spheres now begin to operate as individual Jesuses in our capacity. That's why he was telling the disciples, that the works that I do, you know, Jesus could say something so confidently, and you wonder why he's saying it so much with so much confidence. He knew what he was talking about. He said, The works that I do, greater works shall you do. Why could he say that? Imagine what Jesus could do. Jesus could only be in one place at a time. He could not, no matter how powerful the, the anointing can be on him, no matter how anointed he can't be into. That's why he has to walk through Samaria to talk to the woman at the well. 
He has to go there physically. He can't do anything about that because he is incapacitated as a human being. He could only be in one place at a time. If Jesus was not on the boat that day, the disciples would have drowned. That's what I'm saying to you. But now Jesus is saying every single one of you as... Oh, am I preaching too hard already? Every one of you as individuals, you are now Jesus in your own capacity. In other words, you are in a boat in Vancouver. The boat is about to sink. You come out of that boat. Jesus is not there. The Holy Ghost is now inside you. You say to the storm, be still, and it is still. There's another storm at the same time in Toronto. The guy who is there, he's got the Holy Ghost inside him. So he can stand up and say, at the same time, that two of you are doing it. And the storms are stealing. Is that no greater works? That's what Jesus was talking about. So he was saying that the, the capacity of the Father that is inside me, all these things that you have seen me do, God now wants to multiply these things by putting the Holy Ghost inside every single one of us. And let me tell you, if you are born again, if you have ever said that prayer and you gave your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Ghost inside you. Whether or not you speak in tongues, that's a different issue. We'll get to that, right? That is only the evidence. Now, let's look at it like this. As I'm standing here, how many of you know how much is in my bank account? How many of you know? You can't know why. Why? Uh, you are no, you are no omniscient, okay? <laughs> but the, the real point is that I've not provided any evidence, okay? I haven't shown you any evidence. But if I call you and I log in my details in my app, huh? yeah, and I show you, and you see all the zeros at the end of it, you will faint. Then everybody will know that you have seen something. Are you with me, guys? So when you see somebody come out and lay out on somebody and the person falls flat, that's only what? An evidence. It's an evidence. It does not mean that the person who doesn't lay hands on anybody doesn't have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can be there. It will just be there. Right? It will, it will stay there. It won't do anything. Because you have not, thank you, man. You haven't, you haven't activated him. You haven't done anything. You have, not, you have not called on him. You haven't, you know, you haven't, uh, what's, the, what's the word now? Activated. You know, you haven't brought him out, you know, of your inside there. And that's what he's saying. That until you come to that point now, that's where people now start to see the evidence. But as, as you are, as a child of God, as you're born again, you already have the Holy Ghost. How many people speak in other tongues? Let me see your hand. You pray in the Holy Spirit. Some people are very slow to respond to that prayer. Okay, you don't pray in other tongues. Let me see your hand. Please don't be shy. Don't be shy. You don't. Today is your day, actually. Today is actually your day. I will not leave here until you speak in tongues. I'm serious. That's why God sent me here. He sent me here to make sure that you, you speak in other tongues. Because you see, as a child of God, you cannot, there, there are certain things you can't do as a Christian if you don't pray in tongues. You are, you are, you are limiting yourself. You are shortchanging yourself. Let me, let me stay with my message. Now, so why, why was it better for Jesus? Why was it better for the disciples that Jesus goes away? That's what I want to explain to you. What Jesus was actually saying. Now, glory to God. It will be in each of us. <laughs> what I want to say is, is you know, I have, to, I have to lay a foundation, you know, to say what I want to say. So let me just, let me, let me try and lay the foundation. Because if I just say what I want to say like that, some of you will not accept it. You know, you will just, you can even stone me. So let me lay a foundation. You see, this, this Christianity that we are living, let me, let me explain to you like, you see this Bible? This Bible. Hmm? This one is New King James. Well, let's assume it's King James. You know, the one, the dearly beloved King James version of the Bible. The authorized King James version. Okay. So let's assume this is the authorized King James version of the Bible. Okay. Let me, let me say to you like this. You might not like this, but this is the truth. You see, the King James Bible that you are carrying is, is a translation of the Bible. The Bible was not written in King James language. King James is like the pidgin English of today. At that time. 
Wait, why will a human being, normal human being, say, thou shalt, 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 shouldn't, shouldest? Do you understand? So it was, a, it was a way that they spoke in those days that they could understand. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in which language? Hebrew. That's the reason why people who practice, and you know, for instance, someone like me, because I came from a Muslim background, that's why it's easy for me to accept this. But many Christians have a problem with this. They struggle with it. Just give me my King James. It's good enough for me. <laughs> but this is the problem. You see, when you do that, when you do that, this, why do Muslims make sure that you learn their holy book now in quotes in the language that it was written in? Why? That's why they don't have denominations. You can't see denominations. Because they are all reading the same thing. The exact same thing. They can, nobody can come and say, this is my own faction. This is my own denomination. There's nothing like that. But because we have so many translations, or so many translation versions, as we are talking, another one is coming out. Have you heard of passion translation? So many that are coming out. So many. They're just doing it. And it's good. Those translations are good. Every translation has its own uh, unique area that they're trying to project. But the truth is, the, the language it was written in is the best way for you to know exactly what was intended. And I'm not saying this is how you should live every day. That God just be looking for the Greek and the Hebrew and the stuff, right? But there are times when, if you read a scripture and it doesn't make sense, it's only, it, doesn't, it doesn't take rocket science. Just go to the original way it was written and find out exactly what he's talking about. And you'll see insights. There's no magic to it. You'll see things that will break it down to you and make it simple. That you'll see that, okay, this is what, oh, this is what he's actually saying. Now, I'm going to say some things about the Holy Spirit, but let me just give you an example of what I'm talking about now. Because you can read portions of the Bible. And you just read it, and you just read it, and you think that, okay? And you'll go for many years with that understanding, and you will not be seeing results. And you'll be wondering why you're not seeing results. Now, when you, when you understand the words in the context that they are used, sometimes it just changes the whole thing. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You remember when Jesus was talking to Peter? Peter had denied Jesus, right? And Jesus had come back trying to restore Peter now. And talking to Peter, Glovest thou me, and all of that. You know that story, right? Now, let's look at it. Pay attention to these guys. Pay attention. This is very critical, and I'm, this foundation is very important. If I don't build this foundation correctly, what I want to say about the Holy Spirit will crumble. Okay? So, please pay attention to this. Now, in John chapter 21, from verse 15 to 17, is where that story is of Jesus and Peter. I'll read it to you in the English, the King James, the, your dearly beloved King James, okay? The authorized King James Version, which I love too. John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. Let me read it to you that way. And then I will read it to you in a different way. And then you will tell me if there's any difference. Is that okay? All right. Now, please, um, I think this King James or New King James, I don't know which one is. Thank you for listening to Insights for Believers today. Please reach out to us and let us know if this message has been a blessing to you. You can visit us online at insightsforbelievers.org and we will be glad to hear from you. Be blessed today and we'll see you again soon.